Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Markets a wash of red. Singapore opened lower, following Wall Street lower this morning, helping us understand market action this morning. Swapnil Mishra, adjunct mentor, Singapore Management University. Uh, incredible guitarist, I hear as well. Swapnil, how are you? I am, yeah, not in a very good mood after seeing the markets this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, all right, help us out. With rising yields, we're also seeing equities pressured and bonds depressed. It's a unique environment. So how do you think investors should think about positioning given today's environment? And how should we position should inflation peak? I think firstly, the importance of cash is going to become more and more relevant. So I think cash is the asset. And I think that is probably what also triggered this move where suddenly the entire interpretation, right? You saw day before the market kind of was relieved that, oh, it's just a 50 basis point hike and not 75. And we were in the green. And then the next day, almost like an afterthought that, wait a second. It's <laughs> still bad. Not so good. <laughs> From an investor's point of view, this is a tricky one. Both equities and fixed income, you know, bond markets, both and they have corrected and, and pretty significant levels we are seeing, you know, whether it is in the investment grade bonds, high or any kind of, you know, fixed income securities. So first is cash, most important because buying opportunities will emerge. Second is, and second point, which is on the inflation protection. And I think, you know, we have spoken about it in the last few months, and I'm sure other guests have mentioned as well. But I hope, in, you know, investors have some kind of inflation protection you know, holdings in their portfolio over and above, you know, any short-dated bonds and definitely to stay away from long-dated uh, fixed-income securities, basically anything which is maturing 10, or 10 years, 15 years down the road. Uh, what else? Um, REITs have, you know, have continued to be uh, reasonably strong in the current environment and I think they'll continue to have a role in the portfolio. The inflation, you know, fear, uh, or at least inflation really being a headache now for, uh, for pretty much every you know, part of the world. Indeed, many countries struggling with inflation as well. Investors seem to have not preferred the conventional safe havens like gold, U.S. Treasuries, given what we've seen over the past one year. What do you think of safe havens? Actually, even even Bitcoin. Uh, to be honest, both Bitcoin and gold have not delivered the uh, the safe haven. And uh, two reasons. Uh, one, of course, is the general uh, risk off sentiment. So, in a risk off sentiment. Cash gets uh, gets you know kind of priority over these uh, these assets, and we may not see that. So we may see a move into gold, Bitcoin commodities in a bigger way once there is at least some stabilization, and we get the confidence that Fed has it under control. I think that's probably one of the triggers in the last uh, last night is a feeling of lack of confidence that you know has the central bank allowed inflation risk to run away too much. And now it's going to be really difficult to uh, contain it and while you know, balancing growth on one side. So it's probably that risk of sentiment which has resulted in poor commitment even to the traditional you know, gold and, and I would say even Bitcoin uh, in this time round. 
Speaking of Bitcoin, uh, just last month, we saw over in the US, the SEC giving the green light to fund firm Tucrium to issue a Bitcoin futures ETP, exchange traded product. And its CEO pointed out a footnote in the regulator's approval letter uh, as, you know, possible point of hope. He said they clearly spelled out that if crypto exchanges institute comprehensive surveillance agreements with the ETF listing exchanges, they will get a crypto spot ETF, sort of like, you know, what people have been holding out for for the longest time, right? The spot Bitcoin. Bitcoin ETF. So given the US SEC's reaction to Tucrium, uh, how do we read it? You know, ironically, could we only see a crypto spot ETF if the crypto exchange agrees to some degree of centralization? And then doesn't this contradict the whole idea of, you know, decentralized crypto exchange? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that uh, the balance between these, you know, these uh, centralized exchange and the entire uh, decentralized uh, finance narrative is something which which has been going on for some time, right? And, and there are clear pros and cons with each of the two, right? So there is, you know, in centralized, you have more control. You're able to impose, you know, some basic things like imposing a sanction, you know, on Russia. You can't do that if it's a decentralized exchange. There's, there's nothing you can do. While on the other hand, from a regulator's point of view, they prefer the centralized. I believe decentralized finance is going to be here. So I, I don't think, uh, and, and, you know, I don't think that's going to go away. It's, for the benefit of distribution, for the benefit of even instruments like these ETFs, which are needed for kind of expanding the, the participation, this will have to come into play. So there will be a balance that they will have to strike between the two. The benefit will be instead of fighting over whether it is decentralized or centralized, I think the, the overall investment space in terms of the participants is going to go up. Right? So for example, Fidelity has said that in the 401ks, they are going to allow up to 20% investment in crypto. Now, for that kind of money, institutional money to come through the pension funds or through institutional money, if they have, if there is a little bit of uh, centralization that is needed, I think it's a good trade-off, and that equilibrium has to be uh, moved from SEC is going to facilitate that discovery process over over the next, I would say, a couple of months. Interesting. So finding that point of equilibrium between regulation, centralization, and is is going to perhaps see the birth of greater participation allow for? Or do you think that's inevitable? It'll definitely happen. Even, even if you see the recent uh, the keynote uh, speech, right, from, uh, they've clearly said that uh, decentralized finance is going to be here. There is a risk that it will, you know, disintermediate the banks. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have to work around that. And as long as we are able to protect the retail investors and ensure that, you know, there isn't a risk of a complete, um, you know, like stability is a priority for the regulators. As long as we can provide stability, this is going to happen. I, I do feel, I do agree with the, with the view. It's just the speed maybe, you know, it, it will not be as fast as, you know, the speed at which, let's say, an NFT gets made and sold and auctioned and then, you know, goes like 50 times. Uh, the regulators are going to work a little uh, slower because they have to be, you know, their, their objective is not profitability, their objective is stability and and protection as well, but it's here. So these ETFs will come, and uh, the balance will uh, will they will strike that balance between uh, decentralized and centralized. Speaking of the speed at which NFTs <laughs> have bloomed on our uh, you know horizons, let's come to a particular talking point uh, that I think illustrates some of the dangers perhaps of jumping on the boat just because it seems like a hot space to be in. So Yuga Labs are the creators of the very popular Bored Apes Yacht Club. That is a collection of NFTs. And um, they, you know, put out 
other deeds. That's virtual land. And that, that led to a buying frenzy just last weekend. Skyrocketing transaction fees on Ethereum. But there's always a twist in the story. Prices dropped after the initial euphoria wore off. So Swapnil, our question to you is, what do you think this incident signals about buying virtual land or NFTs? Well, the metaverse bandwagon is is there and I think it will go on. So the demand for this kind of assets, even if you remove the euphoria, and, and euphoria is there for many things, right? I mean, you had that, what was that, uh, the banana on the wall artwork, right? Which was sold for like $120,000 <laughs> in Miami. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I think 2019, Danny um, Maurizio, he just pasted, you don't even get the banana for that 120000 You just get you like <laughs> the certificate. <laughs> Oh, that's right. It was a, a banana and then it was pasted onto the wall. Exactly. Uh, but eventually so, the artist ate the banana, by the way. And, um, <laughs> and so with NFTs, I think, so you, you will have this kind of disruption. You'll have accidents. I mean, they've, they've refunded the fees. So I think that's, that's something good they've done. Uh, we will see prices go up and down. Uh, in fact, I was talking to somebody this morning who hmm. bought it at, uh, I think, 7 and now it's trading at around 3, 3.5. So there will be disappointment. But the concept and the technology behind this is, is here and the application of this that we see in the gaming industry and, and the, 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 you know, the, the growth that we are seeing there, um, this will have, uh, th- there will be a role for it and uh, the metaverse will continue. So, um, I mean, euphoria will come and go, but um, the, the metaverse marches on. Yeah. Yes. What these tokens are used for, the ecosystems and the whole idea that they will empower decentralized community that will be at the forefront of Web3, basically. Yes, absolutely. And there's big money behind it, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's Elon Musk or whether it's Peter Thiel, yeah. uh, Kathy Woods. If you see in the recent conference, they have talked, they're talking about these things. Uh, mm-hmm. There is big money behind it. So, so you know uh, someone who bought other deeds, NFT? Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> They're not thrilled, obviously. Okay, let's talk about MicroStrategy then. He was also on the stage of that Bitcoin conference recently uh, that saw the likes of Kathy Wood. I think he was in conversation with Kathy Wood. MicroStrategy's first quarter loss has widened. Uh, The company took an impairment charge of $170 million to write down the value of its Bitcoin holdings. And there's been a lot of debate. You know, if you have Bitcoin on your books, then how do you deal with the fluctuations? So how do you assess MicroStrategy's strategy? They're a software company. How do you assess their strategy of holding Bitcoin on their books? I think that's, as, in, as a strategy, they've been transparent about it and the you know, shareholders, investors know what they're doing. So I think it's a strategy, right? I mean, it, it, it can work in certain situations. It may not work. The two, two areas of concern I see specifically in this, in this case. One, it, makes a, it creates a headache for valuation. Uh, you know, anybody who wants to value the company because if they're not doing their core business or their entire, uh, you know, profitability is, is dependent on Bitcoin price, then how do you value that company? So I think some people have stopped uh, making, you know, giving broker reports on the company because it's difficult to do it. And the second is the leverage aspect, which they have just started. And that's, that's I would say that is a cause of concern because a margin call, and, I mean, this is the largest publicly listed company holding, right? So it's, it's even even more than what Tesla holds in terms of Bitcoin, which means if there is a leverage related um, trigger uh, of, uh, of a margin call and selling Bitcoins, then it can create a, a systemic problem for the market. And I think that 
is something which is uh, more dangerous. Interesting. What what sort of dangers does it have for the market? It can uh, dislocate the price quite quickly. You know, like if, because if they are the largest holders, and if they take, they've just started taking leverage. So yes, it's just the yes. beginning, right? So imagine if the price just keeps sliding and they keep adding because the whole idea that they're saying is they will keep increasing their margin because they have the capability to do that. So they buy more. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's, it's up to a point. For some reason, if it doesn't, uh, price doesn't hold then you have a margin call, which means in a margin call, you have to sell the Bitcoin and they don't have anything else to sell. So uh-huh. the concentration as a strategy is great, but uh, from a risk mitigation point of view, right. uh, for anybody, that's a dangerous strategy. And if they start selling, then it will it'll affect uh, their own position. And then it's, of course, it's a downward spiral from there. You know, some people look at MicroStrategy as a proxy for Bitcoin instead of buying Bitcoin by shares in MicroStrategy since it has so much of it. What do you think of that? Yeah, in fact, uh, even even buying a call option on the on them. So if somebody wants to take a two year view on 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 Bitcoin, you can just buy a two year call option. It's it's cheaper, it's uh, more liquid, and uh, you know the cost is less. So I would say it is definitely a proxy for Bitcoin, and and especially with the CEO clearly stating that this is their strategy and they are going to you know pretty much continue to do the same thing. Mm. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> In fact, looking at that trade myself, yeah, so buying a call option would be uh, a play on Bitcoin, but using, of course, the company. Right. Well, how do you assess the company? I mean, going back to what is this company? What does it do? It is. It provides business intelligence, mobile software, cloud-based services. I mean, are you still, you know, looking at the, the fundamentals? We know that it's funded even more crypto buys. It's taken leverage, as you say, $190 million with a loan against its own Bitcoin holdings. Reportedly, it hasn't sold any Bitcoin. It's vowed to save Bitcoin from falling below 21K. I think that's interesting. So if it sells its stash to stop Bitcoin from falling below 21K, what could this mean for MicroStrategy, the company? It, it'll be a complete, uh, it'll, be, it'll be a mess. So right now, if, if you see it going below, and I don't think it has to go below 21,000. This problem will happen even before that. Because as it starts going down, if they want to really honor this commitment that you know we will stand by, we will not let Bitcoin go down, then they will be buying more because they would want to step in. And then it becomes a classic, you know, one hedge fund or one company, one buyer versus uh, the market. And that's not a prudent strategy from a company's point of view. Uh, And they've been around for a long time. So it's not like, you know, they've just started. It's just that the whole Bitcoin strategy is relatively, I think, maybe two years or less than that, uh, that they have been buying Bitcoin. And, uh, And the valuation, some of them are doing on the basis of Bitcoin. So they are saying that, okay, if Bitcoin is valued at, at, uh, you know, let's say 90,000, then what will be the stock price of this company? Absolutely. Now, before we let you go, Swapnil, we rely on you for our musical playlist. What music echoes the market? What are you listening to? <laughs> this morning, <laughs> it was very easy because I was, I saw the news. So yeah, I would say all shook up and Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Love it. Swapnil Mishra, the adjunct mentor, Singapore Management University here on Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.